Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a column. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think you got holes on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. And away we go. On a Friday, balmy day here in central New York. Heading into a noon tip-off tomorrow at the Dome. Still... Uh, working through the news of uh, Dino Baber's contract extension and lots of good things happening today popping. We've got three sets of tickets to the Old Dominion basketball game to give away with pick six later. Always get fired up for pick six. Our esteemed listeners ready to regale us with all kinds of knowledge, useful and otherwise. That's later in the show today. Uh, Friday, a good way to uh, rehash some of the Jim Beheim show that you may have missed last night. And, of course, we got... Uh, Talking not only on basketball but also on Coach Babers. So Coach Babers just popped by. Oh, that was a little pop in. Yeah, did. just happened to be in the neighborhood. Okay, swinging on I by. I think our boss caught him at Starbucks. And okay, <laughs> how about that? So uh, that worked out well for uh, for the guys there. And uh, congratulations to Coach Babers getting some continuity in uh, what he has coming up. So uh, here was Coach Beheim's comment. Certainly on the king of continuity. But uh, first, we got him to uh, address. The news that we knew was coming eventually that uh, Dino Babers has earned a contract extension. Well, that was something they had to do. It was a a monstrous thing to get done. Uh, He's done such a great job in, in, uh, you know, obviously in coaching the team, recruiting, uh, uh, getting solid players and starting to develop those players. He's still just working on, you know, getting to his first team that he'll have all his recruits in. Uh, But he's got a good nucleus of younger players. Uh, they've got a really good quarterback, couple quarterback prospects, uh, young quarterback prospects on the team. Uh, they seem to be really good at the skill positions. Uh, I think they've got a lot of returning guys on the defensive side of the ball. I think cornerback's always been an issue, and I think they've got guys in those positions, which is important. You know, they got the best kicker in the country, <laughs> which is never a bad thing. Uh, I think they're in a great position. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, especially, you know, Florida State's down a little bit now. And uh, I think we're, he's got the football team in a great, great position uh, moving forward. I think he can be a dominant figure here. I think uh, this is a very good coaching job. You get going and get things going here. Uh, his system fits the dome. Um, you know, he's a good community guy. He's uh, uh, really bought into Syracuse, everything about Syracuse, and uh, uh, I think it was a, a brilliant move uh, for our athletic director, uh, you know, John Wildhack, to get this thing done. I mean, you can always lose somebody, anything's possible, but I think in the future, I think this is a great place uh, for Coach Babers. I think he's going to do a great, great job here, and uh, it's good to have that solidified. Well, and that's part of uh, the conversation here. Yes, you could still lose Coach Babers, depending on things. Nobody knows how anything's going to play out in the next few years. You could. But the more you strengthen that contract and build up buyout numbers and that type of thing, you narrow the field of people that might be able to come after him, number one. And number two, you raise the ticket price so that if there is some sort of buyout, then 
that can become a gain of a different kind uh, for the program. So uh, this is absolutely a step forward for uh, what's happening right now and gets the legs. The legs of the program are under it right now, and now it's you know an opportunity really to uh, to thrive here uh, among the various analogies that uh, we could use. If that buyout's big, which none of us know, but it. It's going to put Syracuse in a position where if you lose your coach, you've lost him to a school that nobody could be mad, right. mad that he's leaving right. for, you know? So Right, yeah. I mean, ones with, with deeper pockets, uh, you know, related to their football budget and uh, or lack thereof. <laughs> Some ways don't have a budget. When, when you're Texas A&M and you hire a coach and, and promise him $100 million, you don't have a budget. You know, that you're, you're going to do whatever it takes and, and uh, pay and pay. And, and most schools are not like that. But um, now you're in a situation where you've got a guy, he's happy to be here. That's a sign. Uh, other people can be happy to be here and be happy for him. And certainly Jim Beheim, 43 years, we know about that being a super anomaly. That doesn't exist in football. In football years, that's like eight, you know, to if to have anybody stick around uh, for that period of time. But uh, this is his comment on the benefit of some longevity in the head coaching position. Everything's important. I mean, I think the continuity is a huge thing with assistant coaches especially because they make the contacts. They have the contacts out there with with AU coaches, with high school coaches. And, you know, they they go through a, a period and they may lose a kid, but the because our, our coaches are well-liked and good guys, uh, that AU coach or that high school coach thinks, oh, maybe, you know, we'll help, maybe we'll help get the next guy here. And whereas if you get a new coach in, then they don't have any tie to that guy. So all that continuity helps. And going in to see kids and being consistent to, in the areas that we're in, uh, we have all three coaches not only played here, but they're they're really good recruiters and good basketball people. But uh, they have all developed recruiting contacts. So. You know, one guy can miss out in a year, but uh, the other guys hit their guys, and we have a successful year. But uh, when it comes to recruiting, everybody has their own guy, but when they come in, we all work on the recruit together, and we win or lose the recruits together. It's not ever one guy. It's on the program. But uh, all that that continuity helps. Um, You get to know people over the years in coaching, and they, you know, you, you have success one of their players has success with you if it's an AU coach. Uh, you know, you can go back to that AU coach in four or five, six years and say, well, you know, Jeremy Grant did pretty well for us, you know. so And with us. And, yeah, you know, and with us. So uh, I think that's something that helps recruiting, and that's constant. Yeah, and, you know, certainly basketball, an anomaly here, very few programs are set up this way. I mean, literally none are set up with a 40-year head coach and – all of the assistants having played for uh, that head coach. I guess Duke would be uh, close to that, but uh, for Bayham to have been here as long as he has and to build things the way uh, they've been built here, that is a level of continuity to which you know nobody uh, really can achieve. And in football, if you can stick around even for you know a couple full recruiting cycles, you're headed in the right direction, and that's what's happening now. The the comment that Coach Babers just had with the guys on the previous show is the first part. The early commits that we have, they were based on us being four and eight for three years in a row. The last little bit is based on nine and three, 
next year's first half of the recruiting class is going to be based on this year's season, nine or ten wins. And then you have an opportunity to continue to, to grow that. There's no guarantee they're going to win eight, nine, ten games next year. But the schedule set up in, in such a way that they you know, might have an opportunity to do that too. And if you do it, now you're really mushrooming things and, and uh, headed uh, into you know, the, what people want to hear, the, the back and the turning of the corner and whatever your adjective is for uh, being in the right spot football-wise. All right, we can get into that uh, a bit later. We're going to have Leo Routens coming up here in just a moment. Leo is uh, on that uh, Mike Waters list this week of most clutch players and uh, with coach Beheim last night we got into it a little bit certainly the jumping off point was uh, a current player that is undisputably on the list and that's Tyus Battle yeah you know I mean they made this list up of players great players but which we've had but not necessarily great shot makers at the end of games I mean a lot of guys have are great players we've had a lot of them but to actually make shots at the end of the games I mean people remember Pearl's shot against Georgetown or his half court shot but um, and Jerry McNamara in the Big East Tournament made two or three pivotal shots in the game, uh, tires or winners, and did against Notre Dame, and he made another one out at Notre Dame that put us in the lead, secured the game. He made, he made a bunch of shots. Uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to go back and look at the exact number, whether it's six, seven, or eight, I don't know. But Tyus has made at least six or seven shots late to tie a game, put in overtime, or win the game. And uh, that's that's right up there. I think Jerry probably just without investigating it, researching it, I'd say they've probably had uh, the two guys that have made the most late shots in games uh, to to either tie it or win it. Well, that that would be my uh, recollection too. Probably same thing. We've seen every game that uh, Jerry's played, every game that Tyus has played. And, uh, you know, can you go chapter and verse on all the d- details of the, you know, Lawrence Moton and uh, people like that uh, just prior? But uh, those two guys, certainly in that time period, the last 15 years, have the most clutch shots and the highest percentage of making the clutch shot. It seems like, you know, in Ty's case, you don't think of too many times where he missed it either. Um, so I was uh, uh, been fun to talk about thinking this on week. that topic too. The li- I was doing last night in my head the least likely clutch moment player that I can remember. So you got Terrence Roberts. Well, that would have been in this case. Jeremy McNeil. Jeremy McNeil, yeah, yeah. certainly in the 03 Pittsburgh <laughs> I was game. Fun with but it. Um, that could have happened in this case if Tyus, instead of t- pulling up for the shot, pulled up and then passed him a Rectolajai. Yeah. And it would have been a game winning layup, basically, you know, because uh, he was. Right there, or if Tyus had missed and Marek had got the offensive rebound and put back, uh, that could have been there as well. Leo Routens knows a thing about uh, game-winning putbacks. Uh, he's on that list of the top 15 clutch players that Mike came up with. Also, his uh, son Andy is on that list. We'll talk with him about what it means to be a clutch player and uh, check in with the longtime color analyst of the uh, Toronto Raptors as we continue. This is in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is In the Booth, presented by CH Insurance, in your corner. In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse on a balmy Friday afternoon, heading into the Old Dominion basketball game tomorrow at noon. Good to have you along with us, and also pleased to be joined by our friend Leo Routens, and any time is a good time to talk ball with Leo, but I thought, Leo, that this week in particular, lots going on, an insane West Coast swing for your Raptors team, and this... uh, Syracuse basketball team we can discuss as well. How are things? I'm great, Matt. Good to talk to you. How you been? I'm good. 
Good. Hanging in there. It's uh, beautiful here today. 45. We're basking in the glow of it being 45 wow. degrees. Wow. <laughs> don't don't sound too excited about it. Uh, I'm, I'm basking in the, in the dampness and coldness of Portland. <laughs> well, take me through your swing here because I think you were telling me you came back to Toronto to do studio work for the big game against the Warriors the other night, but the team has been on the West Coast uh, for a week, really. Yeah, my swing has been a little interesting because I went out to L.A. for the Clipper game. I did that, get up first thing in the morning, head back to Toronto, and, you know, for a back-to-back to do the Golden State game in studio back in Toronto, and then yesterday get right back on a plane and fly to Portland for tonight's game. So, uh, And then after tonight's game, I'll fly back to Toronto to do studio for the Denver game Sunday. So uh, it's, it's been a little uh, – my body has no idea what time it is right now. But, <laughs> I can imagine hey, heck? grueling, but what a win that was. Um and certainly be built up to be a, a finals preview. The Raptors have had a tremendous season. Maybe, you know, people here aren't on the pulse of the Raptors day in and day out, but uh, it's been going pretty well. And maybe you can tell us the significance of uh, winning at Golden State by 20 the other night. Well, here, here's the thing. I mean, the Raptors have been playing well, you know, all season and, uh, you know, first place in the NBA. And uh, the reason I, I think this team, you know, has a chance, has a really good chance. Uh, to go deep in the playoffs, maybe get to the finals. Um, you know, they're, they're, I don't even think they're as good as they can be. You know, Kawhi Leonard's still kind of on load management. They're, the Raptors really taking care of his body. He doesn't play in back-to-backs, and, and he sit him out a few extra games here and there. Um, as a matter of fact, he didn't play in the last two games against the Clippers and the, and the Warriors. So uh, that tells you how impressive those wins were to play without him. But our second unit uh, in Toronto, which was uh, – really a huge factor for last year winning 59 games they've been struggling this year because of various injuries and personal reasons so uh they're finally coming around so i really believe that you know if that, that second unit gets back to where they were last year Kawhi, uh who's going to continue to get better healthier stronger get more pop in his game uh this team could be really really good if they stay healthy and obviously get Jonas valanciunas back who uh dislocated his thumb uh, they could be really good by the end of the season. So, uh, but but I will say this, Matt. Uh, I, I you know I appreciate the respect that uh, Kevin Durant and the Golden State Warriors have given the Raptors. But if you ask me, that's a little gamesmanship on their part. Mm-hmm. I think what they're trying to do right now uh, is play a little psychological warfare and throw all the pressure on the Toronto Raptors. Get everybody talking about them as being the best team in the league right now. And and let the Toronto Raptors face what they have to face every single night, and that's taking everybody's best shot. So uh, I, I think there's a little bit more to it other than just being complimentary. Kyle Lowry uh, led the way in that game Wednesday night, 23 points and 12 assists as we visit with Leo Routon's uh, former Syracuse standout and longtime analyst on the uh, Toronto Raptors broadcast. And a couple of things come to mind when you say that, Leo. Number one, Steve Kerr early in the year said, oh, now we're in the real NBA. We've been living in fantasy land for a while. This is what everybody deals with. And the Warriors, for them, it's been a foregone conclusion they're making the final. So if they wanted to play it the way you just described, they could. Meanwhile, the Raptors have been really good for a long time and have been hitting their head against the ceiling that is LeBron James or the Celtics or what have you. It's got it for them to, to think they get over the hump. that This regular season uh, winning it's got to feel a little empty, right, until you see it happen in the spring? Yeah, it definitely is a little empty. But you got to remember, LeBron James was, 
you know, everybody's problem in the Eastern Conference. Yes. I mean, you know, eight, eight straight, you know, finals. So uh, he was everybody's problem, not just the Raptors. And, and it really just came down to, you know, hey, if you if the Raptors didn't meet him to the Eastern Conference Finals, then you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> if you meet him in the semis, you're out in the semis. So it, it, that that was really the the case for everybody. So, uh, but I do think Matt, this is different this season. Uh, yes, there's that certain you know playoff uh, expectation, but at the same time, Kawhi Leonard has given this team, and I'm going to throw Danny Green into that as well as the fact that this team has just matured over the years. There's a certain a respect that I sense from teams and coaches when they talk about the Raptors this year. Um, I don't think, even with winning 59 games last year, I don't think teams feared uh, Toronto. Uh, this time, there's a, a very healthy respect. And quite frankly, I think Kawhi's got a lot to do with that. Teams are looking at the Raptors, uh, talking about them uh, in a way I haven't heard before. And, and like I said, I, I think, uh, you know, Kawhi and Danny Green have added that uh, playoff experience uh, punch that uh, this team needed. And, and now there's, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit different. So uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting to see how it's all uh, changing. As no, we go, no doubt we'll be rooting for you uh, come the playoffs, and certainly Kawhi Leonard is you know one of the best players in the game is an added element there, and Danny Green with his time with the Spurs, a, a calming influence. So one of the other reasons we wanted to have you on uh, this week, Leo, is and perhaps you're aware of it by now, but Tyus Battle hits a game winner, another one uh, to beat Georgetown Saturday at the Dome, and it gets uh, some of us here talking, and then Mike Waters uh, did a piece, the top fifteen most clutch players in Syracuse basketball history. Leo Routens checks in at like 11 and Andy Routens 10 or something in that neighborhood. But you are one and you're the father of another of the clutchest players in Syracuse history. How cool well, is that? Well, hey, Matt, I, you know, I don't know if I belong there, <laughs> but I, I just know one thing. How the heck does my kid get ahead of me? That's what I want to know. And it might, okay, actually, I, I misspoke. I think you're 13, so there was actually a, a couple people even in between. Yeah, is that recency it, it, bias it, it, or what? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think uh, you know Mike Waters certainly aired in that whole thing, but uh, like I said, I don't know if I belong there. But come on, you put my kid ahead of me. Let's go. Give me a break. Well, so, you're, you're the only family uh, that played in a triple overtime game, which was one, and a six overtime game, which was one. Maybe that's why uh, he got his nod. But his his best work was also in the third of the of the six overtimes. Well, you know what, Matt? I, I you know not because he's my kid, but I tell you what. I, every time I see that shot that Andy hit at the end of the third overtime to tie the game and send it into the fourth overtime, I honestly believe that's one of the greatest shots in Syracuse history. I mean, that was, you know, a 35-footer with two guys on him. Uh, you have no more legs. Remember, they played the overtime game the day before, too. Uh, I think it was West Virginia. And now they're finishing the third overtime. Uh, that, to me... Uh, you know, it was an unbelievable shot. You know, every time I see it, I just go, wow. <laughs> you know, so uh, I give him some props on that one, that's for sure. Do you, I know the answer to this, but I'll put it on a platter for you. You've seen a lot of basketball. Do you believe in clutch? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's some players that uh, they respond uh, in that time. I think other players don't necessarily like it or uncomfortable or, 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 or uncomfortable with it. So, um, you know, I think fortunately in Syracuse, you know, we've had a lot of guys over the years that uh, really step up in those moments. Uh, 
you know, I think Jerry McNamara had maybe the greatest Big East tournament I'd ever seen, you know, uh, hitting one, one clutch shot after another. Uh, and he hit him throughout his career. Uh, you know, one guy that wasn't on that list uh, was Tyler Ennis. And, and I thought Tyler's one year at Syracuse uh, was about as clutch as you can get. I mean, he, he made big shots uh, throughout the season and, and was really, that's how he put himself on the map. So, uh, you know, Syracuse has had their share of guys that, that enjoyed the moment. For the record, uh, I was kind of workshopping with Mike a little bit. I know he had a lot of names uh, thrown at him and that he considered. And, you know, the argument for Ennis is certainly he hit a literally a game-winning shot, a shot that if it had missed would have been the first loss of a season and prolonged a season. Uh, they wound up going 25-0 and to uh, begin the year, but he made the shot that made them 21-0. Uh, and uh, That That's pretty cool. I think it might not have the same tone in that, hey, you know, had it missed, it's, um, you know, it's a loss that wouldn't have meant a ton, you know, losing at Pittsburgh. And it's not, I guess it's a, a, the risk reward is not there on that particular type of shot because it, the chance of it going in is so slim, just like, you know, Pearl Washington's uh, 50 footer half court shot, uh, you know, those are such low percentage shots. It's maybe a little different than having to come what? through. You know what, though, Matt? When I think of clutch, though, I don't necessarily always put it on a game winner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to make plays down the stretch of games uh, to put yourself in a position to win or to get that game winner. And 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 some guys, you know, their game just elevates uh, in those moments. And and I thought you know I thought Tyler was one of those. So I'm not I'm not just leaving it on on a final shot, okay? Because uh, uh, I, I think uh, you know there, there's to be able to uh, to raise your game uh, at the end uh, when when all the pressure's on. That's that, that's that's when special players step up. Leo Routens is with us, uh, author of that uh, tip in in the Big East Tournament Championship back in 1981 at the Dome, one of his uh, clutch plays. And another reason maybe to chat with you is just to kind of test your memory here at all. Uh, Old Dominion is on the, the schedule for a game tomorrow at noon. The last time that uh, Syracuse and Old Dominion played was back in 81, and wondered if you remembered anything about that, Leo. Yeah, I, I actually uh, uh, went to that game. Uh, it was, uh, that was my redshirt year. And uh, I, uh, Mark Loretti, an assistant coach, at, uh, he was a kind of a grad assistant coach at Syracuse. We actually drove down together because I was redshirting. And, uh, yeah, I remember Old Dominion was really good. They had a really, really good team back then. In January of uh, 81, you won by uh, 13. So I think you must have been in that one too. So I think, uh, yeah, I yep, so. I remember. Yeah. Yep. It's funny. Just I'm, I'm looking at the. I've got the benefit of the uh, computer. You know, going back to look, but the, the the way the schedule was composed back then. You know, uh, fewer conference affiliations and that type of thing. They have a stretch like Saint Bonaventure, Old Dominion, DePaul. I mean, those are programs that right in that time were really good. That had that was quite the gauntlet. Syracuse lost two of those three games uh, in that period, and those are programs now that are are not necessarily at the the same level but uh, fun to think about those those types of days so uh leo great stuff as always we appreciate your insight i know you're uh, watching two programs from afar as uh, sammy's getting it going at uh, canisius as well so good stuff and continued success to you safe travels 
Thanks, Matt. Always great talking with you and catching up. Uh, say hi to everybody back in the queues. Will do, my friend. That's uh, Leo Routens. He's a, a tremendous follow on Twitter, folks, for people uh, in, uh, interested in that type of thing, at Leo Routens, if you want to join him there. For the record, the uh, the six-overtime game there in 09, March, the previous game was against Seton Hall. The next day's game was against uh, West Virginia. The Seton Hall game, uh, I don't recall it being overtime. It was a great game. The West Virginia game went to one overtime, not six. Trying to get a stop here. Ten seconds to shoot. Price to Adrian, right elbow. They tie him up. It's a steal by Jackson. No whistles. And the Orange on the run out, accelerating into the front court. Harris, headman pass. Slams it down with the right. And the Orange are within two. One minute to this go. This was so fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> the most fun that we've had doing this. I mean, I remember, you know, the people sitting around us and, you know, slapping hands every time we went to another overtime. And it had to be a bit sluggish here. Price, 17 I'm going to listen to this Good. Thing. AJ Price has been... Awesome. I mean, just outstanding here in overtime. 325 to go. It's Rowe doesn't have a voice. He's not even speaking up. Tied at 108. What'd you find here? The whole free throw line. Harrelson, he wants the jumper to decide it. And he does. Scotty Harrelson could be a UConn legend. It's 110, 108. He hit with 35 seconds left. The Orange have the ball back. Who is Scotty Harrelson? What is he doing in the fifth overtime? Haven't thought of him before or since. 15 seconds remaining. So at this point, everybody's out, right? Yes. At the end of regulation, just to give you an idea. Now 220 total points, 110 apiece. Both teams have had to go deep to their bench because of foul trouble and fatigue. Really not fatigue. That Shout out to the Big East staff that kept bringing us bottles of water game. at this Justin point. Justin Thomas, Johnny Flynn at the front of the zone. Chris Joseph in the back at just 6'7", is in the middle, flanked by Paul Harris and Andy Routens. A.J. Price on the handle. I- Outside with Walker and Austri for Connecticut. Nine to shoot. Price to Austri right. Back to Price in the middle. Six on the timer. Price against win. Price NBA three with three to go. Clank. Rebound Adrian at the horn. OT six. It is a six pack at the Garden. Tied at one ten. <laughs> Crazy. That was a lot of fun. Good work there, Polly. I was hoping to find the. The, the pockets uh, all around the building. Orange fans are standing and applauding. Flint with left elbow. Back for Routens. A monster shot. Got it! It's 54-51. That's what I was trying to find. 7.52 to go. Routens Listen. drills his third three of the game and his first of the second half. He forces a Jim Calhoun timeout. That's regulation. Is it really? 54-51. You know, that... <laughs> There was still uh, 60 points each team to score sent after that. Fights through traffic to get the pass. Dribbles front court. Puts it behind his back. Gets the lead. Top of the key three. Yes! 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 And the Orange have beaten We got a pretty fun job. Yeah. That, <laughs> we, we saw those some Those were, uh, I mean, you're, you're going stuff. to the absolute extreme highlights there. I mean, the, the since Jerry beating Cincinnati was just, uh, just incredible. Uh, what a week that was to... Really, four days in a row, just captivating uh, action at the Garden. It doesn't get better than that, and uh, pretty awesome. Those are, those are good ones. Just to say, put those aside there for a rainy day, Polly. Good finds. All right, last one. NBA three straight on. Yes. How do you do us like that, Jerry? It's seventy-four all. Now Williams out of the backcourt. Three seconds. Angling right. Williams foul line. J for the win. No, it's short, and we're going to overtime. We are going to overtime on a 74-all game. How good is Jerry McNamara? <laughs> Gene Waldron with the claps <laughs> there. Um, that was, yeah, again, so much fun. And one of the things that made those games fun, those were noon games. So you hear all kinds of stories about people who 
were back here and they, oh, I pulled off to the side of the road. I wanted to make sure I heard it or I went ballistic. I you know, wanted to be safe or whatever That uh, when when some of those things were going on. But the, the win against Cincinnati that whole day, uh, just remarkable. And, I was still uh, drinking back so then. Memorable. Yeah, I, know, I remember being hung over that whole week. <laughs> so you were. It was a fun week. It was uh, a good time. All right, good stuff. Good to have uh, Leah Routens on the show. Going to give away some tickets to the old Dominion game ahead, so get ready to call us at 315-437-7644. Want to do that next so we can, because sure. we know how long that yep. can take. Okay, for ESPN 44, Rick Diulio has a uh, submitted subject here today, so get ready. It's uh, the quiz sensation that is canvassing the nation. Pick six. It's next in the booth. This is In the Booth, presented by CH Insurance. In your corner up for pick six good to have you back with us we got three pairs of tickets to give away so we're gonna have lots of winners here we may hopefully we don't have to give hints but we want you to win folks okay we've got our trusty sidekick Polly in the house and our fabulous celebrity guest judge and uh sometimes category suggester rick diulio hello rick thank you matt <laughs> that was like a that was a game show. Welcome there. <laughs> You're uh, welcome to join us. Get those phone calls lined up. 315-437-7644. We only have a couple callers on the line now, and we have three pairs of tickets to give away. So uh, looking to get them all lined up here for ESPN 44 to call us. Here's the deal. We put you on the air. You pick a category one to six. We put 30 seconds on the clock. We name the category. If you name six of the item in the category, you are a winner. You're going to the Old Dominion game on us. Everybody good with that? Okay, who's up first? Joe. Hello, Joe. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. All right, Joe, you ready? We got six categories for you. Sure. Okay, I'll pick take number three. Three. Okay, I like that. All right, six categories. Put 30 seconds on the clock. Your category uh, in advance of the Camping World Bowl, Joe, is Syracuse Football Bowl MVPs. Can you name okay. six? Donovan McNabb. Yes. Um, Floyd Little. That's two. Uh, Marvin Graves. That's three. Uh, who else? Um, oh, boy. Um, Ten seconds. Ernie Davis. Yes, four. Larry Zonka. Uh, no, close though. That's like four. That was four accurate guesses there. That's the leader in the clubhouse. Not a winner just yet, though, Joe. We appreciate the attempt. So give the time there, Paul. We'll, we'll try to create well, a little urgency exactly, when we get there at the end. It's not okay. exactly a timer. It's just a sound effect that's thirty seconds long. So I'm kind of guessing as it goes. We got. I, you, so you can't tell when you're ten seconds from the end of it. Trav- well, I, yes, I can. I, I will look for ten clicks. There Travis in Utica. Oh, Travis. I will keep time. I'll do that. Okay. We'll make but then make Rick useful. I'll, I'll put the time up here. I got it. Well, I'm just, got, it doesn't have to be, you know, we don't have to be Swiss timing or, you know, down to the millisecond here. I'm just trying to create a little urgency. This is radio, people. <laughs> there was. Okay, a little yeah, theater I, of the mind. We don't want to put more pressure on people because it's just going to Well, you them. don't have to make a big deal of it. Just kind of give them a little idea as okay. we, you know, get to maybe the 10 second mark. Here we go. <sighs> Travis. Serenity, though. All right, Travis and Utica, Hello. pick a category, one to six, not three. Um, four. Four. You're going to do it, Travis. Get ready. Think about who you're going to take to the game. You're going to win this one, okay? 
We need six. 30 seconds on the clock. Your category, Travis, is Santa's reindeer, not Rudolph. Uh, Donner, Blitzen. Two. Uh, Cupid. Three. Comet. Four. Dasher and Dancer. Five, six, got it. Whoa. That's a winner. Whoa. That might be an all-time record. Yeah. Fastest ever. Oh, yeah. 14 seconds. That was easy. 14 <laughs> seconds on the timer. Outstanding work, Travis. Thank St- you. Stay on the line. Only sound effect I got. Thought Polly was going to make a 14-second joke, but uh. he... <laughs> Stayed above the board. All right, Travis, hang on the line, and uh, we'll get your information. Travis is going to the game. That's fantastic. Who's next? That would be. There's so many screens. Can't work like this. It's like NASA. Uh, Let's go Chris in Jamesville. All right, Chris, welcome to the show. You feeling lucky today, Chris? Hey, Chris. All right, Chris, uh, pick a category. One, two, five, or six. Let's go six. Six. Okay, we've been talking about this list from Mike Waters all week. 30 seconds on the clock for Mike's definition of the top 15 most clutch players. We need six in Syracuse basketball history. Uh, am I on? Yes. Uh, G-Mac. Yes. John Gillen. Louis Orr. I think Roosevelt that's two. Bowie. No. Uh, 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 Gillen didn't make the list either for the Marius record. Janulius. Ten. No, Gillen did. Oh, you got two. Uh, 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 GMAC, uh, 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 I would even give an honorable mention there for Marius Janulius, but uh, that would have been in we my weren't getting category. to six. I'm going to do a, a blog of the most unlikely clutch players in history. It's a, it's a Marius, true. Marius Janulius would be on that list. Okay. Valiant attempt there. From uh, Chris, okay, who's next? How many us can you get in in a thirty second time period? Stop. We, We're trying to encourage people. Close. He was pretty close to setting a world record. Okay, next, Brian in Baldwinsville. All right, Brian, you got uh, one and two of your choices. Uh, give me number two. Number two with fabulous celebrity guest official Rick Dulio. Now okay. there's a joke. Yeah, there we go. Rick Dulio, number two. I like that. <laughs> thirty seconds on the clock. Just that Rick is here is a bit of a hint for you. We're going for bands, Brian, bands that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, 30 seconds on the clock. Go, name six. Okay. The Who? Yeah. Um, the Rolling Stones? There's two. Um, Journey? Yes. The Police? Yes. Um, huh. Um, Leonard Skinner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Insect. And Kiss. <laughs> Who's the last one? Okay. Kiss? Uh, yeah. No. Uh, actually, Kiss? No. Uh, uh, no. Uh-huh. But give me... One more. I'll, I'll add five seconds. Creepy Crawly. Creepy Crawly. Bug. Bugs. Oh, geez. Uh, Peter Frampton. There you go. Uh, wow. Yeah, no, we'll, yeah. Give it, we'll give it Frampton, yes. Is yes. he a bug? Yeah. No, he's not a bug. What was the... How did we get the hint you were going for Peter Frampton. We're going for Beatles. Beatles. Oh. Creepy Crawly. Insects. <laughs> Insects. <laughs> the local Beatles knowledge I'm here not is very not, smart, not, Matt. Not I'm really strong. Mm-hmm. All right, that, we're calling uh, Brian a winner? Yes. Okay, yeah. good Good work there, Brian. Well done. All right, so we got two winners so far. We got tickets for one more. Hopefully uh, Tommy is handling all the phone traffic out there. All right, who's next? Brian? Brian just won. I'm Brian so confused. 
what's the crack operation we have here? Al? Isn't it? Isn't <laughs> this Al? Impressive. Al. Al, are Al, you there? can you hear us? Yes. Yes, beautiful. Al, you're on I for pick here. six. And you're going to win too, Al, because your lone category left is number one. It's an oldie but a goodie. It's our favorite. It's our it's our standby. Places, Al, where Dino Babers coached before Syracuse. Name six. Uh, pick six in 30 seconds. Go. Uh, Bowling Green. Oh, uh, wasn't there Baylor? Wasn't two. there... Oh, God. Aloha. I want Stanford, maybe. Uh, what was the last one? Stanford. No. Michigan play was east, west, north, south, no. west. <laughs> dial dial uh, it Steel City. Yeah, no no chance I'm getting sick. Sorry, fellas. Oh. Aloha. Uh, CBA in London. <laughs> <laughs> Good effort. Good effort. He's probably been to those places, but uh, yeah. has not. Been an assistant That's coach a tough at those one places. On, man. It is tough. We re-rack it every time. All right, so all six categories. Well, now what are we going to do? Now we've got a couple that's been successful. We have more takers? The reindeer was going to be done, right? The reindeer was it's easy. No yeah, that was, uh, put that right on a tee for you. Yeah. And you even left out the most famous reindeer Oh, wait, we still all. have one category that we didn't do. And we have one pair of tickets left. Yeah, well, then we, we're going we're gonna to win it right that here. It works out nicely. Okay, we're going to have to give lots of hints. Who's our next victim? We don't have one right now. It's oh. a sad day in radio But our history. next person's going to win because we have one category left. We had uh, Joe, Travis, I think this Chris, Brian, people. and Al. I, I, yeah, the, it's the, tough. Uh, the ticking of the clock, the urgency is what, uh, is what does it. Yeah, you could do it if you're st- if you're talking to your buddies in a bar or yes. something like that. But on the radio, I can I can see this being a little bit of a challenge. All right, let's get this person on the air so that we can, uh, He's can on, knock he, this out without it is, further delay. Uh, Adam. All right, Adam, you ready? We have one oh, category. Yeah, sure. we, what's that? Sure. All right, you're going to get ready to go to the game too. So start thinking about who you're going to take. The game Saturday is against Old Dominion. Old Dominion plays in Conference USA. We need you to pick six Conference USA basketball programs. Give it oh, a shot. God. Adam. Conference USA. Uh, UA. How about, if I get, how about if I get one? Oh, okay, UAB. Okay. Uh, how about Memphis? Florida, not Pacific, but... Uh, oh, Florida Atlantic, too. I just remembered them, yep. <laughs> Old <laughs> Dominion. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's three. Old Dominion. Not, uh, not either end of Tennessee, but it's good if it oh, goes. They, yeah, middle wasn't it middle Tennessee? <laughs> in that I'm starting to remember. Adam, uh-huh. Adam hang on. I'm gonna, uh, Uncle uh-huh. Polly, the Santa Elf, is going to hook you up with tickets because we're out of time. You Come good on, job, right, Adam. Thank you. Yeah, you're going to the game. That was fantastic. I'm like Oprah with tickets. Yeah. How, you how, get tickets? how many hints? What, what hints would we have to have given for? Would you have said Uncle Ben for rice? Yeah. <laughs> Minute made. <laughs> There's not, another 14 Not you joke. tip, but you... T- uh, wow. Oh, wow. North, North Texas, Florida International, they, those might have been a little bit more... Why am I so mentally exhausted after it these is, segments? It's fun, though. Know? It's fun. We might as well right, just let's get go. our last break. You want to go all the way? Yeah, we got okay. one minute. Do your other nonsense? Yeah, we got one minute. 5150 will be our out time. That's also a band that's a that's an album you know what that means 5150 means escaped mental patient in police code i didn't know that so is there any other uh trivia you'd like to how how do you (laughs) how do you feel here we'll do a quick do you care how do you feel about the incoming rock and roll hall of fame class 
Uh, Radiohead, Janet Jackson, Stevie Nicks, Def Leppard, The Cure, Roxy Music, and The Zombies. Couldn't okay. care less. Rick? I like them all, but there are a couple of them like The Cure that, like you said, I don't I don't think they belong in there. I don't think Roxy Music does. Yeah. Radiohead, nope. You yeah. guys have just been banning people. We got on the Harold Baines kick on Monday, and, and you've just been kicking people <laughs> yeah. out of the Hall of Fame. Roxy Music and The Cure are the Harold Baines of yeah. <laughs> the But Hall hasn't of the Hall of Fame had pretty open doors there for yeah. quite a while? Yeah. Well, and it's not so much rock and roll anymore as it is. Yeah. It could be rap. It could be anything. Which so. I have no problem with. Yeah. How do we feel? Have you been to the Hall of Fame? Right I home. haven't. No, oh. I've not been. The way they enshrine people, it's their signatures in puffy paint yeah. in a black room. Do we like? I think that's kind of. Yeah. It's cool in one way, but I think it's also underdoing it. Yeah. No, I've seen some. I, I think I've seen the displays, and you know, I've seen the Hendrix display, and I, I think they do a good job mostly. But there's probably little things like that okay. aesthetically. They well, thank do. you, Rick. Thank you, guys. Back to your Rangers game. Yeah. Thank you, Polly. <laughs> See everybody on the air tomorrow, ten thirty a.m. at the game, the Orange and Old Dominion in the Dome.